Welcome to Empowering Others Through God's Word by Words to Inspire, lifelong empowerment from God's Word. I'm so happy you've joined us today. This ministry exists to help you in your spiritual journey through reading, studying, memorizing, meditating, and applying God's Word. For the next four sessions on our podcast, I will be with Peggy Joyce Ruth. Peggy Joyce Ruth is the author of Psalm 91 books with over 6 million copies in print. She has an incredible story that I am sure is going to bless you. For session one and two, we'll share her personal testimony of being in torment for eight years and then how God in his wonderful healing way, used his word to heal her from the mental torment she suffered for many years. Then we will dig deeper into Psalm 91 and uh, find out all of the promises that God has for us, for our healing, for our safety, for the fears that overwhelm us. Uh, And in session four, she is going to share with us about the trap that is set for us why it's important to know about spiritual warfare, to know our enemy, but then how important it is to know our God. You know, in the days in which we are living, we need to hear this teaching. We need to hear from the voice of God, not from all the voices that we're hearing, clamoring for our attention, giving us continual diet of fear. Won't you join me? Stay tuned for each session with Peggy Joyce Ruth. And now for today's podcast. Today on Empowering Others Through God's Word, my guest is Peggy Joyce Ruth from Texas. And joining us as well is her right-hand gal, Anne. And so welcome to our program today. We're so honored to be on your program. Thank you. Thank you. We were talking just before we came, uh, started recording about how our hearts are in tune because we love God's word and we love its power working in our lives. And that is what has drawn us together over the, the last few years. Yes, absolutely. So Peggy Joyce is an author and uh, She's not the author of Psalm 91, but she writes books about Psalm 91, and over 6 million are in print. She's a longtime Bible study teacher, and she's challenged and empowered women and men for many decades. And I'm just so glad today that we are going to be able to look at her story, look at what God has done in her life, and be encouraged. Because today, all over the world, people are hurting, they're hungering. For the word of God. They're hungering for hope. So Peggy Joyce, I'm so thankful that you are willing to share your story. I'd like you to start off with your background, your upbringing, and what kind of a home life you had. I did have a wonderful home life. A mother and father that loved us and took care of us and took us to church. And so it, it was a wonderful home life. And um, then I met and married a wonderful man. So I mean, I have uh, nothing absolutely to complain about. Um, and so it, when I got into the my problems, it was strictly just the enemy trying to pull me down. And instead of running to the word and running to faith, 
I ran to my mind. I ran to reasoning how I could reason my way out of things. Now, I became a Christian when I was very young. I was about five years old. And mother was worried at first. She said, you know, do you really know what you're doing? But after she talked to me for a few minutes, she knew that it was real. So I loved the Lord. But I just didn't know the uh, practical things of putting the word to work. I was young. And I was in a little Baptist church. And, oh, my goodness, uh, we loved the Lord. And maybe they were teaching the word. I just didn't pick up on how important it was to grab hold of it. I think it's important for us to just pause because both of us, uh, I'm not sure about you, Anne. We haven't heard that part of your story. But what your roots are. Uh, while you're growing up, while we may wander or find different things that come our way, we do have roots to return to. And there may be some that are listening today, and they don't have that roots of Christian upbringing. And so we're going to just pause for a moment and encourage you. You can be the first. You can be a generation that begins the salvation line for your family. And my father was one of those. And so if you do not know Jesus Christ, as as Peggy Joyce was talking about receiving Jesus as a young child, if you do not know how to do that, we can help you with that. And we would love to help you with that. Let's just talk about that for a few moments, uh, Peggy Joyce, for anybody that's listening. This could be their day of salvation. So when you, your mom talked to you about receiving the Lord and being concerned that you did not know what you were doing, what was she actually wanting you to do or understand? She wanted me to know that Jesus had died on the cross for my sins, and that when I received him, then I I would become his child, live with him eternally. And she wasn't sure as a five-year-old that I maybe understood that, but I did. (laughs) I understood that part. Our Baptist church definitely taught that Jesus Christ died and that he was our only ticket to heaven. So I had that inside of me and I loved the Lord, but I didn't know how to depend on him when when times got tough. I had to learn that. I I think it's interesting that there are so many people that think there is something that we need to do. And yes, we do need to follow in obedience, but that gift of salvation is a gift of faith. We can't see it. I just recently, I chatted with a a woman who wanted to know Jesus. She wanted to know what I had. She wanted it for herself. And, And when I told her that it was a gift of faith, that she could receive it by believing in the death, the blood of Jesus to cleanse all her sin and accept that he had resurrected and that she could live with him forever. And, and her response was, but I need to do a little bit more before I'll be ready. Oh, and when yeah. I said to her, there is nothing more, nothing more. you can do. The look on her face was just a glow. And it's been a glow ever since to discover that you don't have to climb up 150 steps on your knees. You don't have to to be the best person because you can't be. And so just talk a little bit about that, that gift of faith, Peggy Joyce. Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, every time I've witnessed anyone... Their response has always been, but but what do I need to do? There's things I need to do. I'm not right. I'm not as I'm not a good person. Or, you know, they'll have all those answers. And they're just shocked when you tell them, 
You don't have to be a good person. You you receive Jesus, so you can become like Jesus. So so you can take His word in and become that. And, and they many times they'll just stare at you like they they have no idea even what you're talking about. <laughs> and uh, we've gone on a lot of mission trips, and so many uh, we went way down. Uh, south of of Texas and uh, there were so many of them that felt like they had to do something and we were there when uh, they had some people who were nailing themselves to the have been nailed to the cross and being drugged through the city to try to be good enough uh, to be accepted by Jesus and uh, it just it hurt me to realize that he did it all. We don't have to do anything except to love him and accept him and receive what he did for us. And that's the message I think that we as Christians have to get out, that it's not something that we have to work for or earn. Thank God we don't have to. And that's right. That's right. And it's not just going to church. It's not just going to a Bible study. No. It's that personal receiving of the gift. If, it, if we have to work for it, it is no longer a gift. Yeah, that's true. That's exactly right. And uh, uh, we had a a women's Bible study for years, and uh, we really encouraged the women. Okay, we're going to study the Bible while we're here, but this week, every day, find your secret place. We always called it our secret place. Find your secret place. And before you even start your day, get along with him. Even if you have to get up earlier, if you're going to work, you have to get up early. Find that secret place and just start telling the Lord how much you love him. Let him <laughs> tell you how much he loves you, you know. And uh, we had a little group of women, and they just, they, they were so excited. Uh, most of them were older, and they were so excited when they realized they could really have a really personal relationship with Jesus. And that's what he wants. Absolutely, absolutely. When you love someone, you want to do things for them. We love to do things for our children, for our mates. We love to do things for our neighbors. And um, and God wants that for us. And when we love him first, as he yes. tells us, love him with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and all our strength, yes. the things that we do flow out of that love. Yes, absolutely. But you have to get the order right. You have to absolutely. accept the gift. Yes. And then the things that you do flow out of your love for him. Have you experienced that too, Anne? Yes. And, I, you know, it just has to come from the heart yeah. uh, and not and bypass the mind a little bit. Like mm-hmm. we get in our mind and we can miss it. But if we'll get in our heart, mm-hmm. I think that's truly the easiest way, you know, for us to find that salvation and to, and to uh, find find our love walk with him because otherwise we're trying to do it by read the Bible this many minutes. And, (laughs) you know, those are, those are disciplines that we do because we love him, but not because we earn something from him. So absolutely. Absolutely. And that secret place, you know, a number of years ago, quite a few years ago, I was teaching uh, in-depth study to a group of young mothers and uh, they brought their little, children to the nursery and they'd come in and we'd have two hours together and I was quite concerned because these were young mothers and the the workload the homework for these studies was quite extensive and I, I was not quite sure how to actually approach it in a way but I did I said do the best you can with the time you have and God will bless you and uh, Nani comes to mind she came back a couple of weeks later And she said, 
she went home and she said, Lord, I want to do this. I want to spend time with you. If you would just show me the time, even in my busy schedule. And from that time on until the course was finished, the Lord awakened her at two o'clock in the morning. And she got up and she did her Bible study and went right back to sleep at three o'clock. And I've always thought, God, you, and she said she was never tired because God, see, he loves us so much and he wants us so much to have that personal relationship that you've both been talking about, that he longs for that. And I know there are those listening right now yes, that are longing for a relationship with God. And it comes through Jesus Christ, through none other. No, no relationship with a mate, with a husband or a wife, no relationship with your child can fill the void that oh, Jesus Christ fills. Yes. No matter what we have, he's the only thing that fills that empty spot that, ha- that can only be filled by him and his right. love. So. That's right. And once we begin to experience that, we truly do want to serve him and live for him yes. uh, and, and let others know the joy and the abundance, you know, uh, I've heard you, uh, the thief, John 10, 10, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Yes. And we're going to talk about that enemy that got into your life a little bit there for a while, into your mind at least. And uh, he comes to yes. kill you, to destroy you. But Jesus said, I've come that you would have life and have it abundantly. Abundantly. Yes. Yeah. Even in the midst of what's going on in our world right now, we have life abundant. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. We have a certainty. We know what we know because we have looked into God's word. So let's go back to your story a little bit. This is so good. Uh, I'm already enjoying our our chat and our talk and feeling so encouraged that that, um, we can join in. I'm in Canada, north of Toronto, and Peggy and Joyce and and Anne are in Texas. And through this wonderful technology, we can join together today and pass on what God has shown us in his faithfulness to us. So we left off your story about you got married to a wonderful man. And uh, I I love the fact that you really love to evangelize and tell people how to know Jesus. And uh, I'd like... (laughs) I'd like you to enter, come back into our story now and tell us about the new neighbor that moved into your area that you wanted to witness to. There was a little Buddhist woman that moved into uh, our neighborhood. Uh, actually, she moved right behind us in the apartment right behind us. And uh, she kept her house really dark and she burned candles. And uh, to be real honest, I would pass by her apartment and I could feel fear. And I kept thinking, you know, why would I be feeling so fearful when I walked past her apartment? I never understood that. But I, I, the one thing I wanted, I wanted people to go to heaven. I just didn't want anybody to miss out on Jesus. And I thought, I've got to tell her about Jesus. I've got to tell her about Jesus. And it was so hard. I made myself go knock on her door. And my heart was just <laughs> beating. And uh, she answered the door. And I... I immediately told her, I'd love to come in and tell you about Jesus. And she said, okay, if you'll give me equal time. Well, I knew nothing about spiritual warfare. So I thought, well, that sounds fair. So, uh, so I went in. To be, to be real honest, I didn't know how to answer. So I just, I said, okay. I went in. 
And um, I told her about Jesus. I it didn't take very long. You know, I didn't, uh, to be real honest, I was so nervous that I, I yeah. wasn't really hearing God. And um, so when I finished, she started telling me, she said, I want you to keep an open mind. And I've often told people, I kept such an open mind. My brain fell out and I didn't find it for about eight years. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, we... Um, uh, she asked, she started telling me about hers. I can't remember anything she told me, but the spiritual warfare, it's real. People who've never been in spiritual warfare, uh, it is very real. The house started, it looked like it uh, would uh, get bigger and then it gets smaller. And uh, I felt like things were moving in the house. And I know she was in a lot of uh, heavy spiritual uh wrong things and so I know that there was a lot more going on with her probably than with most people but anyway all I could think of I've got to get out of this house I'm gonna die I've got to get out of the house and I felt like my uh, my heart was just gonna burst I I can't even explain what I was going on and so I, I finally was able to get out the door and I started walking because my mind was just going in every direction. I mean, uh, thoughts started coming in my mind that I'd never had before. I mean, uh, what if there's not a God? You know, what if the God I'm serving is not the right one? I'd never had those kinds of thoughts before. I'd never. And um, uh, things that were going to happen to me, things that were going to happen to my husband. I, I had a child by this time. Uh, Angela was uh, six months old. And... Um, uh, just these horrible thoughts. And I thought, okay, now I've just got to walk and pray. And to be real honest, I don't know whether I was praying or just panicking. I don't know what I was doing that day. Uh, but I was walking and just thinking, I've got to get myself okay before my husband comes home. And um, I didn't. I didn't. And uh, when I got to him that night, he kept saying, what is wrong? I, I couldn't even put it into words. I just said, I don't know. I feel like I'm going crazy. That's what kept coming out my mouth. I feel like I'm going crazy. And uh, of course, he didn't know about spiritual warfare either. And uh, he said, well, what could have happened to make you be in this kind of shape? And I said, I don't know, Jack. I just went to, to witness to the neighbor and I haven't been okay since. And that's why I think it's so important for us to teach new Christians about spiritual warfare. And so many churches don't teach that. And we've got to know that we are in a warfare with a real enemy. And when they know that, I could have been through that in five minutes if I had just known about spiritual warfare, if I'd have known how to handle it. But I'd never been taught. I hadn't gotten in the word enough to figure it out. And um, so it, it was eight years before of my trying to do it with my mind, trying to come out of this by mentally thinking, okay, if I'll do this or if I'll do that or if I won't do this. And uh, I just got continually worse for eight years. Wow. Wow. Well, we're going to continue on with that story, but I'd like to take just a few minutes to talk uh, about this spiritual warfare because I think it's a, an important message because we're living in an evil world. Yes. And there are evil forces all around us. Scripture is very clear that the enemy is looking for somebody to attack. 
uh, and he doesn't need to attack somebody that doesn't believe in God. That's it. They're already on his team. Yes. So let's talk about that issue of spiritual warfare. Where does it come from? Uh, and, and then we'll talk about the tools that we need to, uh, to come against that. And it was a little bit of a disadvantage that I had lived in a wonderful home who loved Jesus. They took me to church and then I married a man who loved the Lord and we were in church. It it kept me from really realizing there was a real spiritual enemy because I was around people who loved me. I was around people who wanted to do good things for me. So so my mind had never been uh, open up to the evil world. And... um, uh, so I didn't know what was happening to me. I thought it was something just happening to me in my own mind. I thought it was just my problem. And so it was a long time before I even realized that I was fighting a real enemy. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. They don't realize in the spiritual warfare, it's not just their imagination. It's not just thoughts in their head. It is a real enemy who hates God and is going to pull as many people as he can into his kingdom. Yes. And, and sir, go ahead, Ann. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, because he speaks in first person. Yes. We think it's our thoughts. Absolutely. Because he tricks us into thinking that in the very beginning. So it can get so confusing to a new Christian. Absolutely. Because I was always thinking, you know, what's going wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? It was always I, I, like Ann saying. And so you don't think about there being an entity out there that is putting the thoughts in your head mm-hmm. and Satan puts these thoughts into our mind. Yes. And we have yes. to be quick to realize if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then take authority over it and get rid of those thoughts. So we are, are warned in scripture not to be deceived. Absolutely. And deception is all around us today. Yes. In our world. And it has been for since the garden. But I think we're becoming more and more aware of it, thankfully, yes. so that we do. How can you fight an enemy that you do not know? Yes. You can't. You just can't. Uh, people nowadays, though, you can tell them, hey, there's an enemy out there. And even non-Christians believe it now <laughs> most of the yes. time. In my day and time, we just had sweet mothers and fathers and everything. So <laughs> you didn't talk about an enemy and you didn't think about an enemy. And so uh, that was just kind of closed off. And uh, so it's kind of good now that they know there's an enemy out there. We just have to teach them how to fight the enemy, how to stand against Good. Them. That's excellent. So before we go to that part, let's look at some of the, the um, tricks of the enemy. So um, let's look at fears. Fear is one of those that is has attacked our world like I've never seen before. Yes. Oh my. And yes. it has impacted personalities. It's impacted uh, families. It's impacted the church and fear. So can we talk about that for a couple of moments? Absolutely. Where does that uh, come from? Well, of course, that we know that it comes from the enemy. But uh, it, it slips in in such... Uh, ways that we're not we're not expecting it you know you'll have uh, maybe a, a little thought that somebody maybe on tv you'll hear them just say just a little statement and one statement i can remember it would just all of a sudden i think oh i had not thought about that you know and and the fear would rise up uh people that uh, maybe they'll have some uh 
something come on their body and they'll think, oh no, am I going to have cancer? Am I getting cancer? And so Satan comes to us with fear in every area. You know, uh, many, we did a lot of marriage counseling and I was shocked at how many uh, men and women their their fear and their problems in their marriage would start with just one little thought that the enemy put in their head. You know, I'm not sure that he really loves me anymore like he used to. Just the simplest of thoughts. And, and when we grab hold of those thoughts and we don't take authority over them, then they grow and more thoughts come and take. Uh, so the enemy is looking for every opportunity he can to put fear in one area or another. And in our world right now, we've been dealing for going on two years with a virus that yes. has taken uh, people are so afraid and yes. so concerned and, and rightly so that there is a healthy fear. But in my community, in my uh, friendships, there is a fear that is very unhealthy and it does not come from God. He gives us peace in yes. the midst of storms. And uh, to our listeners today, we just want you to stay tuned for the next podcast because we're going to unpack more of how that you can come against this enemy. Now, I know that's a strange place to leave you, but fears, doubts, and insecurities are just three of the areas that you cover, uh, Peggy Joyce, and we are going to talk about those more next podcast. And please don't miss a single podcast. You can find Peggy Joyce Ruth Ministries dot org i believe that's right and uh, on the website and then words to inspire.ca if you haven't signed up for our regular podcast go on to the website and subscribe there are two places to subscribe there's the unborn movement podcast which is stories of abortion and god's healing bro- uh, grace in the brokenness of life and the other one that you could subscribe to would be empowering others through God's word and Peggy Joyce Ruth and Anne and this series will be on empowering others through God's word we don't want you to miss a single episode because you will find encouragement you'll find the unchanging faithful promises of God our heavenly father we pray that you're encouraged and until next time I'm Ruth Coghill with words to inspire bye for now